Welcome into Texans All Access on a Tuesday. DPC back with you along with Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty. Hello, guys. Back-to-back wins. Hello. Hey there. Victory Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I know we're still talking about Sunday's game against the Steelers. There, I feel like there was so much to unpack from that game. We're certainly going to get into all that on All Access as well as look around the AFC South because it is, man, it's very tight in the division around us. But first, you guys, how about this? Week five, mm-hmm. quarter of the season is done. And sort now you've got of. a stretch of NFC South games coming up. Yeah, it's sort of a quarter because it so, used to be so pretty with the 16 games. <laughs> I like having 17, but it used to be so easy. Now it's not quite a quarter. And next week it's beyond a quarter. I don't know what the percentage is, but you've played four games and you're two and two. And so is everybody else in the division. Yeah. And if you'd have said, hey, after four, you're going to be two and two. I think a lot of people would be cool with that. And to- are you totally cool? I'm totally fine, especially the way they I was done like, it. What if, what if even healthy, we would have been okay with it. But what mm-hmm. if you said, okay, you're going to have four starters out on your O-line. Uh, your secondary is going to be completely banged up. You got a rookie quarterback, brand new head coach, brand new offensive coordinator, brand new staff. And oh, you're playing the Steelers at Baltimore, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. And two of those wins, the two wins are just dominating. Yep. Wire to wire. You mm-hmm. had the lead victories just and fun victories too. Yeah. There's a lot of the, when you score 30 points in each game, fun has been had. And when you only allow <laughs> six in one and 17, in another fun has been had the, the way they want it just takes it to a whole new level. Winning's fun, no matter what, but the way they won just gorgeous. I don't even know how to process all of it. Really. I've been not struggling with that, but just doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it's so enjoyable. Like you said, Drew, just to think about it in retrospect, a couple of days ago, the way you won what day, all the attention the Texans are getting. They're not getting all the attention in the league right now, but people are starting to notice. And I knew this would happen. The day after, not as many people notice in the national media scene, but another day as they look a little deeper, hey, wait a minute, the Texans are 2-2, two and two, and hey, C.J. Stroud is lighting it up, and hey, what what's going on? 2-2 two and two in the division tied for first. This is pretty impressive stuff. Then you look at the power rankings coming out today, and I saw them at 15th and 1. I don't know where they are and all the others, but they've really taken a gigantic leap. And look, the power rankings mean absolutely nothing, but it's fun to follow. I mean, C.J. Stroud's birthday today. He's 22. I feel like he is the gift to the Texans yeah. so far this year. 1,200, over 1,200 yards passing, six touchdowns, no interceptions, and just He's just been so much fun to watch and cover. I mean, mm-hmm. just seeing him through. I know on the broadcast, I love hearing Andre Andre Ware's uh, reactions to some of the throws. Yep. Like, he is wowed. And I it, it's been a minute since Andre Ware's been wowed mm-hmm. by some quarterback play around mm-hmm. here. It's been fantastic. And it's just, you just mentioned he's 22. Now, I think back to when I was 22. I was I was a jackass until the age of 38. <laughs> I find that really so, hard to believe. 22 and he's doing this. It's remarkable. And also... He's the youngest player on the team. Yeah. He's also the first Houston Texan to ever have been born after 9-11. That's a kind of a weird oh, thing to think about because wow. Will Anderson is one month older than he is, but he was born you know, like September 2nd-ish or whatever of 2001. So that's another thing to think about. This guy was, was the only one that we've ever had that was born after 9-11 is doing what he's Amazing. doing. I was born slightly before 9-11. So <laughs> I can't really relate to that, but that's a nice little note right yes. there, Drew. And 
to be so young and so wise as C.J. Stroud is, he's an old soul. Yeah, he He's crediting the entire offensive line in his press conference after the game by name, not just saying the O-line, just talking about the guys mm-hmm. and how he's fighting for them. And who doesn't want to play for him and with him and get in the foxhole with him and win NFL games? These guys are all buying in, and it starts with the head coach and the whole organization, really. But – the D'Amico effect is real, and you're seeing it, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, you can see that someone has talked to a lot of, like all these players, but especially those these rookies, because he talks about the offensive line and what they meant to him and everybody that blocked for him. But then in the same press conference, he throws out the love for the city, and yeah. mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a nod to, yeah, I know you guys have been through some stuff the last four years yep. around here, football-wise, yep. mm-hmm. and it's he's just doing his best to bring more people back into the fold. It's going to take some time, understandably, but you can see these results. You can see the goodwill that this guy is helping spread, both with his play on the field, which is what's most important, but hitting all the right notes off the field as well. It's been really, really refreshing. Andy and I were talking about that. I said, I've never heard a player talk about doing stuff for the fans and for the city by relating to their own sports fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he related it to being a Lakers fan. He's like, <laughs> I don't want people piling on my team and I want I don't want people to I want people to feel like they can wear their Texans gear with pride. And you know, we want to come out here and we want to win. And I think in, in those along those same lines, a few weeks ago he was just talking about why the winning is just so important. Not just to the fans or to him, but he said just to everybody on the team because they're all playing. He's playing for everybody's families. Yeah, that's yeah. Like he, he he says pressure is a privilege. I feel like this is going to be an assured soon. Mm-hmm. The C.J. Stroud quote: "Pressure is a privilege." He said, "You know, I'm privileged to be in this situation where I have so much pressure on myself because all these players." And then he named a lot of the defensive players, offensive players, and all their families are depending on me to play well. Like I just can't let them down either. And I just, it's who is this it's, guy? It's a, yeah. This is he's phenomenal. Only too and the fact that and Andy and I were discussing this as well like how when you go back to the draft was there not more of a conversation for him being the number one overall pick I'm not saying that any of the other guys in the conversation you know shouldn't be the number one pick I'm just saying I don't know why there wasn't more of an argument or debate on why he's not number one because I don't think the way that he's throwing or the way that he's acting is brand new. This just seems like this is who he is. I have to admit, I have not dug deep into the Ohio State press conferences that he had and media availabilities and things like that. You know, prior to the draft, I thought, all right, there's a chance you take him. But I also thought there's a good chance you might not take him, right? I didn't know what they were going to do. And when they took him, I was very happy. And then I dug a little deeper then. But I didn't really get into all of it because I thought I'm just going to experience him as he comes into the building and and meets with us and you interview him and you hear him in the press conferences. But this is a level that I haven't seen. And I don't know if I've seen a rookie quite like this. Right. And, you know, I think of the really impressive rookies I've seen in this organization. And D'Amico is certainly one of them on a very short list. He's right up there with any of Mm -hmm. them. When you think about what he's saying, how he's executing, Watt is another because they were all talking, they meaning the other defensive players, were talking about Watt, Connor Barwin, Sean Cody. Oh, this J.J. Watt, he's amazing. He's got a life plan. He's something else. (laughs) Well, here's C.J. saying, I'm the leader and the pressure's on me, but he's not saying it to stand apart. He's standing together as one with everybody else. And back to your point about the fans, D.P., 
D'Amico Ryan said on his show, and the video's up on YouTube, and the podcast is up on the app and on Spotify, iTunes, all of it. D'Amico Ryan said yesterday, we knew we needed to change the way the fans feel when they leave the building. That's not acceptable to us, as C.J. Stroud would say. That ain't playing. So they are committed to making us as fans, I'll put us as fans in this conversation, feel better. And how can you not respond to it? I think everybody feels a togetherness right now. And it's just getting started. Let's see where it goes. It's re- it really is remarkable when you think about that. All, every time you left the building last season, you were disappointed. The mm-hmm. tie was a major, major disappointment yeah, to start was. the season. Especially it how it went down. The you thought you were going to walk out of there with a yeah, win. Yeah, a catch-up tie is different than a I had the lead tie. tie. Even yeah. still, yeah. And then you, you tack on a game at the end of 21, maybe two, I think, and then the game earlier this season. It's been a long, long time. So to impress upon the players the way he did, D'Amico Ryan's, about the importance of getting a win, I mean, that, that just makes it all the sweeter to see him come out and get that. And kind of to follow up, on your, your C.J. Stroud stuff, think of all the stuff he's gone, gone through in his life. And then when he gets to college, he's got two or three years of being the quarterback of a professional team. Yeah. Ohio State's a professional franchise. Sure. Where they are, oh, what yeah. they mean to that state, that's a professional franchise. If you're the pressure. quarterback at Alabama, you're the quarterback of a professional franchise. University of Texas, to a degree. I mean, those places in particular. So he's he's been through it to a degree, and I hadn't seen it on the field the same way, but... Yeah, he's got some of that that polish because of what he's had to go through. Well, 644 days without a win. It's a long time. And I was talking to Jake Hansen because he was this is his second year. He did not experience a home win last year yeah. in his first season. Yeah. And the this so two wins this year, right? So far in two weeks back to back wins. It wasn't until week 16 of last year that this team had mm-hmm. two wins. Yeah. Like, if we're riding high and we're feeling pretty good, it's because this is a feeling that is welcomed and long waited for. And I love that D'Amico Ryans, because he played for this franchise, and he played with some some of the best games in our history, obviously, the 2011 season uh, was here. He remembers what the stadium used to be like. Mm -hmm. And early in the week, he impressed upon the players. I think they had the date, you know, in their their meeting rooms. He made everyone aware of the last time this – this city got to experience yeah. a home field win. I mean, if in fact, after the game, I think you were Drew, you were on the field interviewing Damian Pierce. Yes. I forgot. I was like, oh yes, Drew does an interview with a player on the field after a win because it felt like such well, a long time since we'd done that. That's a new thing. It, th- two seasons ago, we didn't <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't the guy you, doing it. Oh, well, yeah. that it was we a John to, Harris. It was John Harris. Somebody yeah. was interviewing a player on the field after it the game. It was twenty nineteen ish and then COVID kind of wrecked things. I think yeah. it was Maybe even before 2019. I have to ask Johnny, yeah. but it's been a long time since we had that tradition of interviewing right. a player on the field after a victory. Okay, I so know. I wasn't just re- misremembering. No, no, no. I was no. like, it's been a minute since we've had a player on the field mm-hmm. post game. There's just something about this. And I think what the back to back wins did and is doing for a lot of people, all of a sudden there's this feeling of, wait a minute, not only are we watching this team develop, but there's a chance to get really excited about where you could possibly go this year. Dare I say that? Because, Sean, you're very competitive. Start to get people back. I don't know where this division is going. Maybe the Texans lose this weekend. Maybe they lose the next two. I don't know what happens. But it's a week-to-week thing in this league. We all know it. We all see it every single Sunday. So see what happens. There's tremendous anticipation for this game in Atlanta. And there was always going to be, no matter what the record was. But now you're 2-2. Two and two. Can you hold on? Can you get a winning record for the first time in a long time this deep? 
winning records. They were 1-0 and in 21. They win this game. They have a winning record this, quote, late or deep into the season mm. since 2019. That would be fantastic. Why can't you? You have a great quarterback. It's yeah. not like this guy uh, kind of scrambled around and zinged one in there two or three times and, and scored touchdowns. I mean, he's doing this consistently over and over and over from the pocket, short, intermediate, deep. He's hitting them all. He's spreading the ball around. A lot of guys are getting involved. I mean, look at this ball distribution that he's got. Look at who's had – he's had three different guys – or two different guys have 100-yard games. He's had, what, five or six different guys catch a touchdown now. It's really, really impressive what this yeah. offense is doing, what this quarterback is doing. He's not just getting lucky and, you know, hitting, the, hitting some right notes here and there. This is regular stuff that he's doing, consistent stuff that he's doing, and he's spreading it all around. And when you see the – ensemble effort i'll call it with bobby slowick mm -hmm. all the pass catchers the old line which we've talked about a lot and how they put everything together when you watch some of the all 22 which i'm not an all 22 expert but i just watched some of that it's very creative innovative they are finding ways to keep stroud protected finding ways to make plays capitalize on his accuracy uh, his smarts in the pocket and outside the pocket. There are plays being made all over the place. They haven't even begun to really use the tight ends the way I think they eventually will. Yeah. And the backs in the passing game, I think there's a, they've used it some, but I think there's a lot more there that they have yet to unveil. And how can you not be excited about what's to come in the next few weeks? I mean, let me get you excited, Mark. Okay. It's week five, mm -hmm. which means you might get some players back. Yeah. Off of IR. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. window could be opening up this week. We might start seeing some of those starters that we'd put on that shelf yep. back in the lineup. And you've been able to stay two and two and stay afloat, even with all those injuries to the O line, right. with your punter out. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that you start getting some guys back in the mix, maybe on the defensive side of the ball, maybe on the O line. Who knows? I mean, Here, who knows what we could expect to see on Sunday and later? Here's what's going to be interesting, because Stroud is such a together guy. And by together, I mean, well, in multiple ways, but the togetherness of what is going on with the team. And it's not college. And there's an adjustment there because, you know, Ty Zentner helped this team. He filled in nicely, not as well as Cameron Johnston would have punted, but he did okay for you. Fine. Thank you for your service, because they released him this week because Cameron Johnston's going to come, come back. back. Yeah. And that's going to happen with other players as well, right? But you're just going to have to deal with it. It's life of the NFL. It's a professional sport. And guys are going to come and go. The guys who have filled in on the offensive line, not everybody can stay here, right? So you're going to have some decisions to make. Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryans, everybody involved. It's collective effort. And you just have to go with it. But you're right. You get a lot stronger on the O-line. Last game, you had Petrie and Jimmy Ward playing for the first time together. And look at the results there. And you get the feeling it's only going to get better. Now, it's a long season from here. It's 13 games left in the regular season. You've got a long march ahead of you as far as keeping people healthy, being competitive, continuing to grow. But we're all here for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like if you've learned anything – that even if you get some of these players back and then you lose some more players later on in the year, which usually you see players go down November, December, you feel like you can overcome anything. You can overcome mm -hmm. any injury because you started off the season so far behind the eight ball yep. in, in getting things going. You're still able to sustain a two and two record. I'll tell you what, after the game, like almost immediately after the game, I was looking at some of our player tweets and Laramie Tunsil tweeted, oh, yeah. next week going to be fun, mm -hmm. purple devil emoji, and tag Titus Howard. So, yeah. yeah. 
I let, uh, can you do you have a Twitter tra- an X translator mark like you do a D'Amico that means translator? they're coming back. But you know, I've seen strange things before, like a couple of weeks ago, Laramie practicing, they're not practicing, they're practicing, and he doesn't play. Uh, I got love to see Laramie back, love to see Titus back, love to see everybody back. I'm just thrilled that they've been able to hold it down without those guys playing, but to get them back would be huge. I would imagine that if you're an NFL team looking for a tackle right now, there are none available because Nick Casario has signed everybody. <laughs> I mean, everybody's rolled through here. I compared Seems it to like the it. quarterback room in 2011 at the end of the season when you had mm. Jeff Garcia and all those guys. Who? All these guys in the quarterback room. They've had the tight, the uh, left tackle room or the tackle room in general has had a lot of bodies in it, injured, healthy, whatever. Charlie Hextel on PUP has got another couple of weeks at least before he can start opening that window and try to practice again. So we'll see where it goes, but man, it's just fun to watch right now. Yeah, you make a great point about, yeah, you've gone through some adversity. So what the heck do you have to be worried about down the line if you hit, hit adversity again? The Steelers came into this game, led the NFL in sacks with 11. They got zero against the Texans. For the second week in a row, the Texans gave up zero sacks. And last week before that game, I was talking with Kendra Green, the left guard yeah. in the locker room. And unfortunately, he went uh, went down to injury, left the game for the final three snaps on Sunday. But going in, I said, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, what What's making it uh, happen that you're not allowing a sack? And he said, it's not us, man. It's C.J. Stroud. He's putting us in the right situation. He's getting the ball, mm. rid of the ball mm. quick. He's like, he basically, I'm paraphrasing, he's like, thanks for the compliment, but he's the guy that deserves the credit, which I thought that was a, a big, big thing because C.J.'s putting it back on the offensive line. Great. And they're all cranking each other. It's it's really nice. You know, after the game, we also get some stats of the actual matchup, and it was obviously C.J. Stroud had a fantastic game, but just as a team effort, uh, it's the it's the Texans' largest margin of victory over Pittsburgh in franchise history. And it was Pittsburgh's first game without a touchdown since week five of last season at Buffalo in October. So Pittsburgh Jeez. scores touchdowns every single game, and you hold them to two field goals uh, with your defense playing lights out. I mean, the mm. secondary, you, you brought up Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward. I wrote a story about it. These are two guys that we talked about endlessly in camp Mm -hmm. like what a fantastic safety tandem the two of them are going to be and you just can't get them on the field at the same time except for in week four and that's the first time you got to see both of them out there and both of them healthy I mean I'd forgotten that Jalen Petrie had such a an awful injury in week one after seeing the way he played on Sunday well how about how young they are right you have Petrie in year two you have Christian Harrison the linebacking core in year two you have Toa Toa year one you got Will Anderson at defensive end year one, and you're up there battling with this perennial NFL power. Now, I know this isn't their best team, but they come in here at two and one, and like you said, you shut them down. Now, they ran the ball a bit in the second half, and Najee Harris had 55 yards after halftime, and they'll have to address that because Bijan Robinson is next on the schedule, but they got through it. They did not let them into the end zone. They forced field goal tries. They stopped them on fourth down. This was a magnificent performance. And one thing I really liked, and we could talk about this too, last week wasn't like I was worried, but I knew they'd have to address, okay, as Spencer Tillman would say, running with a full cup of success, right? Or a cup Mm. full of success. I think they both work either way. But having some success, and then are you going to get fat and happy, right? That's how Mark likes his opponents, fat and happy. Fat and happy. The Texans were not fat and happy. They Don't get fat and happy, Mark. They were all out on Pittsburgh. They got a taste of it and want more. And I got a feeling that we're seeing the opposite of fat and happy. We're seeing, 
ooh, I like this. Let's get in earlier. Let's do more rehab. Let's do more regen. Whatever we need to do more re-of and get ready for the next one because we want to repeat this feeling. That's the feeling I'm getting from this bunch. And look, it's week five. It's early, but let's keep going. You know, if you run with that success and you spill some of that success like he's <laughs> talking about, that's a quick way to get yourself an apple and a roadmap to steal another Spencer Tillman. Uh, an apple and a roadmap. Love an Spencer. Road he's got a bunch of smoke through a keyhole. He's got some, <laughs> yeah. got some good ones. Shout out, Spencer. Hey, you know, uh, I was going to say, you know who's not fat and happy right now? Who's that? Uh, well, I'll let you make your point and then I'll say. Oh, I want to hear who this oh, is. Oh, I but was, yeah. One little trivia tidbit for me. The last time you'd beaten the Steelers was week four. Of 2011. Mm -hmm. The last time you've beaten the Falcons was week five, which we're entering, of 2019. So kind of fun the way those things are aligning up. Oh, I like that. that. that What about the Saints? Very random. (laughs) I remember Tampa Bay well as well. Uh, To your point about the Falcons, they are the opposite of fat and happy right now because I felt like after the first two weeks, everybody was in on the Falcons. They were in on Arthur Smith and the mustache. They've lost two in a row. Yep. They beat Carolina at home 24 to 10. They beat Green Bay 25 to 24 at home. But the last two games uh, have been pretty low scoring. They lost yep. Detroit 6 20. They lost to the Jags in London. And now they're getting a lot of questions about whether or not Desmond Ritter is going to be the quarterback here in week five. And the fact that Arthur Smith has to come out and say, yes, we're sticking with Desmond Ritter, makes me think that there's a trouble afoot. They're in Atlanta, and I'm not really sure which is the real Atlanta team because it seems like through the first, Mark calls it semi-quarter-ish of four games, uh, it's been two different Falcons teams. Mm -hmm. Well, I think schedule has something to do with this, right? Because when I look at what the Falcons have done, they beat Carolina in the opener. Opening week is weird anyway, but they beat Carolina. Okay, congratulations. Carolina's having a tough time of it. And they beat the Green Bay Packers. Good win, 25-24. But the Packers aren't quite the Packers, are they? No, no. Then they lose to the Lions, only putting up six. They lose to the Jags in London, only putting up seven and allowing 20-plus each of those two games. So Detroit's I, really good. Yeah, Detroit's, Detroit's really, really good. good. I think that Ritter's had some problems, right? They're still running the ball. They ran it pretty well against the Jaguars, but it wasn't enough. You start falling behind. It's all about third downs. You can get a good running game going. Look at all those games last year where Pierce had a good game, but they lost anyway, the Texans, because they couldn't convert third downs or they turned it over or whatever the case may be. They couldn't finish drives. They couldn't bust through in the red zone. The Texans are doing those things right now. They're not even running it as well as they want to. But as they take on the Falcons, I think that the defense has some opportunities here. You just have to be sure that Bijan doesn't wreck the game for you offensively and they don't capitalize on what he's been able to do. Because when I look at their pass catchers, when I look at Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and you know they, they've got some guys who can really do some damage through the, through the air. They have our old buddy Johnny Smith on the team. Uh, They have Mac Hollins, who played well against the Texans as a Dolphin. Uh, They've got some guys who can do damage. But if you can control Ritter or get to him in the backfield, you've got some chances here. I'm fascinated by, and you'll never really know the effect of it, but I'm fascinated by the the effects of the trip home from London. I mean, they didn't, normally you get a bye that week after you play a game in London. They didn't want it. And they didn't want it. So they're they're getting the Texans, and I wonder how the sleep schedules are doing. Are they back on their 
the routine? Are they and still tired? A That's a long, long flight. Long flight after a after loss. It is. We've mm-hmm. d- we've done it's that. A long flight after a win, but after a win, it was long, but it was a good flight because it was a victory. And we had a bye. <laughs> and and yeah. we had a bye. We had a right? bye when we yeah, won. Yeah, but the Texans didn't respond well after the bye. They lost to Baltimore Blast. badly. <laughs> Blasted by yeah, Baltimore. blown yeah. out by Baltimore. So I think a lot of coaches feel like, look, these are young men. Give them a couple of days. They'll get back on their sleep schedules. Coming back this way is a lot easier than going over there as far as the sleep adjustment. So maybe it works out for them energy-wise, but on the field, execution-wise, I'm hoping not. Well, one team's going to stay in London for the next week or so. We'll get into the Jags. We'll go around the AFC South. But next, I want to get your guys' takes on first quarter-ish awards that you want to hand out Mm. to teams, to this team, to players, to multiple players, to coaches, whoever you want to give them to. So let's come back with first quarter-ish awards right after this. Come up on Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. We're back with more Texans All Access. Heading into week five, back-to-back wins. We are riding high, and I have not done this in a while on Texans All Access. We're going to give out some awards. All right, Because let's you go. know what? It's never too early to give out awards. No. And these are Find not participation awards. somebody who loves you the way Deepy Sidhu loves giving out little <laughs> awards like these. I wish we had award ceremony music. <laughs> I wish that we could show you this. I wish we had actual trophies, but we don't. So you're just going to have to settle for our accolades and our words of encouragement as we give out some first quarter-ish, because Mark says it's not technically your first quarter, um, awards to who you think really deserves some accolades. Do you have the categories? You know what? Most, I'll make them up as we go. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Most underrated player slash coach in the first quarter that's really contributing. Oh, slash coach. Let's do both. Yeah, I think I think we we should definitely put in both. I have I I could give you one of each. Should I start? Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna give one to Bobby Slowick. Is he underrated right now? I don't think, I think people have noticed. I think nationally people have not noticed. But Na- I think yeah. people, it's still D'Amico Ryan's team. Mm-hmm. I think we follow the team. But I think Bobby Slowick has done a phenomenal job with the play calling and the coaching, especially with all the injuries. And I think this scheme, a lot of people question, is Bobby Slowick going to be able to do it? Hmm. He's not a proven offensive coordinator. He's coming from San Francisco. Is Kyle Shanahan calling the plays? I think that he has really done an outstanding job through the first four games and mixing things up despite the injuries and even just with the run game struggling, which would bring me to my player award. I'm going to give it to Damian Pierce because I don't think we've talked about him enough. In fact, we haven't even talked about him at all today. And he got things going, and he had some nice runs in these last two weeks. But this is for the quarter, and you weren't seeing that kind of production through the first three games. I think he still stuck with it, though. Yes. I think he still ran really, really hard I'm being devil's behind advocate. an O-line. No, yeah. I, I can I can argue with you on that one because I, I feel like it was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just didn't see it. But he was trying to get into his rhythm, and he persisted. I'll, I'll also win the argument for you. Other teams know they have to stop Damian Pierce. Oh, yeah, so that opens one. things up. If I'm an opponent, especially the first two, three weeks facing the Texans, I'm thinking, well, what do they have? I know they have that guy, 31. He's really good. We got to stop him. And that might open things up because it still makes play action work for you. Even if he's not getting his yards, he's getting the attention and maybe sucking up the linebackers and you get guys open underneath or wherever you're throwing it to. So yeah, I like that. I think he's somewhat underrated, understated right now based on what he's been in the past. I can go with that. I'm going to beat those awards. I have better awards than you, DB right. Sidhu. I'm okay. throwing my spear. You and the Why award. made me come up with a category off at I'm the last my second? Flaming <laughs> spear into the turf at midfield on this one. Underrated coach. 
Chris Strauss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah Fantastic. Good. I guarantee you Absolutely. 80% of the audience that's, that's listening right now is like, what's he coach? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what he coaches, the offensive line. The last two weeks, zero yep. sacks allowed. Hook that guy up. That is outstanding coaching. Because what have we seen around here for the last decade? We've seen offensive lines that have struggled at mm-hmm. times. So what he's done, especially the last two weeks, especially what we saw last week with T.J. Watt and those guys rolling in here, zero allowed. I don't think we can talk about that enough. Chris Strausser gets that for the coach. And my underrated player? Yeah. Steven Nelson. Oh, yeah. Is he, he underrated? Is he underrated? Yes. This would be Mark's I, yes. question putting together to all a of yours. Pro Bowl campaign. Yes. Yeah, he absolutely – nationally, he's absolutely underrated. All right, nationally. I, I, that's, yeah, nationally, that's what I'm looking two at. Two picks too. now. He really – he ended that first drive for the Steelers this last week and really just spurred things on. You're up 7 nothing. He ends the drive. You kick a field goal. Bang. They're down double digits very, very early in this thing. And then when they throw his way the rest of the game – He's breaking up passes. The passes that come his way are usually incomplete. He's doing an outstanding job. He was named a captain. A lot's going on with Steven Nelson that that is great. And I don't think as many people know about him that should know about him. So he's mine. I I like that. I like that. From a national perspective, I like that. I would say from a local, regional perspective... I'd put Robert Woods in the underrated category oh, yeah. because oh, third down, yeah. you know Nico's making a lot of noise. Dell has his flowers from the locals, and he's made big plays for this team. But so has Robert Woods. I mean, sure they has. went into the Pittsburgh game all tied with 15 catches apiece. Nico is blown up. We could talk about Nico being underrated nationally in a moment. Mm-hmm. But Robert Woods, I've just got a feeling that in that receivers room and just around the Texans ranch. Robert Woods is really influential. He's the leader. They've, it's been said that he is the leader in that room. Yeah. He's a steadying force. He knows where everybody's supposed to be. They put him in there when they need a sure catch punt in a fair catch situation deep. You know, Dell's the return guy. But if it's not an obvious return situation or return potential situation, they put Robert Woods in there to make sure the ball is caught and just keep things solid, steady. I like that for this group, especially with Nico. Look, Nico's been here. This is year three. But it feels like and it's it's an extended rookie campaign for Nico coming back from 2021 because we saw major flashes of this. But now you're seeing it every week out of Nico Collins. And that goes back to the underrated nationally sign. I'm sure somebody must be talking about him, but I haven't seen it yet. Nico Collins deserves national, look, not the Pro Bowl bid right now, but national acknowledgement for what he's done so far. He's top five in the league in receiving yards. Just big play after big play, man. That yard per catch average is sick, and let's see more. All right, I got another category for you. Most likely to win an award. Award. Most likely to win an award. How about that? Well, CJ won Offensive Rookie rookie of the Month, and then he follows it up the next week with another Offensive Rookie of the Month-type performance. So we'll see if he makes Offensive Rookie of the Week. I'm not sure. uh, What about for the year? awards come out tomorrow. I think that he's certainly a front-runner right now for Offensive Rookie of the Year. If the Texans continue to do what they're doing, they've won the last two games. They don't lose another game. If they win... (laughs) Let's go, games. Drew. Why would okay, he not Drew. be the MVP? <laughs> let's yeah. go, Drew Doherty. Think about it that way. Drew, I, I like that thinking. <laughs> I'm all I, about uh, just like, let's let's just take it and run with it. Mark's trying to bring everybody back in. Let's uh, just go. I <laughs> I was I think with the way things are going, why not have D'Amico Ryans? Now, this is obviously the Texans have to make quite a bit of a run for the rest of the year. Coach of the year. 
Yeah. With what he's been sure. able to do with a uh, let's go coach of the quarter, shall we? I oh. mean, you went quarter. Oh, you're okay. saying most likely to win an award award. I'm sorry. It's so the most likely so to win an award award through four games. Through four games. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. just going to extrapolate these four games and extend them through the rest of the year. I mean, they're two and two. They're not three and one. They're not four and zero. Oh, all right. So I'm being devil's advocate so again. They can be nine and but eight. my vote is with you eight, because nine. knowing what this franchise, this team has been through, knowing what they're going through with the injuries, he's done a hell of a job to go to Jacksonville and, like you pointed out early, Drew, not only win but win like that. And I thought the Pittsburgh game. I thought if they win against Pittsburgh, it's going to be twenty-one to twenty. It's going to be this bloodbath. You know, just a a slug fest, and you come out ahead somehow at the end. It was a bloodbath, all right. They completely dominated them, and that was not on my bingo card, and maybe it should have been, because now that's going to be on my bingo card every week that this team is capable of this performance. That's another thing about all this, right? Now, okay, you're not expected to do that every week, but we know you can possibly do that every week. That club, those clubs are in your bag, so go ahead Give it your all, see what you can do. But, yeah, he's certainly a candidate for that right now through four games. All right, I got another award for you. Mm-hmm. New Pro Bowl award for, okay. you mentioned earlier, Nico Collins. Yeah. At the rate that he's going, why not? No doubt. No Fantasy doubt. football leagues are now very wise to Nico Collins and are picking him up. And I think the rest of the league, if he continues playing this way, uh, you know, I interviewed him a few weeks ago, and he's not surprised by what he's able to do. Like, I, I don't think he should be. Uh, D'Amico talked about it last night on his show and Drew is doing a story. Have you completed that yet? Or are you no, going no, too no. soon on Nico Collins? And Drew said, this is full disclosure. <laughs> Drew said, you got to throw, throw in something about Nico for the coach, right? To see what he says <laughs> about his first impressions and where oh. it is now. And I thought it was a great answer. He gave Nico said, they know, I mean, coach said they noticed Nico catching a lot of passes outside the numbers and being really effective. But D'Amico said, we knew there was more there. There's more. And there's a lot more. Nick Casario told us in his visit with us that the ability to break tackles is huge. Nico's ability to catch, and he's just got to get vertical right away because he is, his yak potential is strong. And you've seen that, right? Look at the final touchdown. Breaks tackles along the way Seth to the Payne end zone. Seth said he's like Mike Allstott, the old Tampa Bay fullback. Oh, yes, yeah. fullback. That's uh, that's saying a lot right there. Look, I've always compared him to A.J. Green. Maybe there's more to it than that, though, right? Maybe there's more than A.J. Green there as far as that side of things. I'm not saying he's A.J. Green. But you're saying he's Randy Moss. But as soon, no, but as soon as <laughs> as soon as he does this over the course of a season, which yeah. is going to be tough to keep up this pace, but I'm here for it. If he does something like this, those names, those comparisons are really going to start flying. Maybe it's a tag team version, and Nico had his 100-yard game, and then it went to Tank Dell having a 100-yard game at Jacksonville, back to Nico. So what's to, what's to say Tank Dell doesn't get 100-plus this week? So I'll put Tank Dell I like it. in the uh, the Pro Bowl conversation. Whoa. Pro Bowl conversation. Why not? Sending two receivers to the Pro Never Bowl. Never too early conversation sure. that we're having. You get a Pro Bowl. And <laughs> you, you get, get a Pro Bowl. It's the first I've handed out an award. MVP. I've handed out a Pro Bowl. <laughs> I've yeah. handed out Coach of the Year. 15 We've wins. handed out Offensive yeah. Rookie of the Year. All right, second quarter uh, player to watch award. The player that you think is going to have a breakout second quarter. Well, he's been he's been noticed already, but Henry Toa Toa, mm. like it's a good we one. saw it early in OTAs. He knew where to be. Training camp looked good, but is it really going to happen? You know, the D'Amico comparisons were coming up. You got to tap the brakes for anybody with that because he was defensive rookie of the year. 
But I think through the course of games played and more reps, Toto is showing you something here that whatever you saw in OTAs as far as the way they line up because nobody's tackling anybody in OTAs, you're starting to see it in real games now. And Johnny's been raving about that Toa Toa pass breakup in the back of the end zone on Carl Pickens. I mean, uh, George Pickens, not Carl. That would have been something. I don't know if <laughs> Carl still amazing. can bring it like that. <laughs> But uh, he George was good Pickens, on that drive. He had a couple of good breakups yeah. on that very drive. Yeah. And he's been pressed into more action. No Denzel Perriman last mm-hmm. couple of games. So I think he's one that's going to get a lot more attention as the year goes on. And maybe Will Anderson, too. I know Will Anderson, number three pick of the draft, is going to get a ton of spotlight. But I heard somebody, it was one of the other stations, maybe one of the other shows, saying, well, he's only got one sack through four games. Come on, just relax here, okay? I was the first one to say when he got drafted, remember, what? five sacks rookie year. Remember, Mario Williams, mm-hmm. four sacks rookie year. Clowney, hurt rookie year. Give it a minute here for Will Anderson. He's got to figure things out at defensive end, and we'll see where it goes. I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. I think he's been oh. fine the, the first four games. I just think it's a byproduct of these receivers are really good, and it's a byproduct of the offense doing what it does, and – There's only one football to pass around and spread around. So I think defenses will adjust to what they've seen from Nico Collins, what they've seen from Tank Dell, to a degree what they've seen from Robert Woods. And I think that's going to open things up for Schultz, maybe Tegan Quartoriano and those guys. But we'll go with Dalton Schultz. Hey, we saw the nice uh, right arm of Devin Singletary find him on Sunday for a touchdown. I think there's more touchdowns, there's more yardage to come the big tight end I like that I'm gonna go a guy that we've mentioned his name here and there in the first quarter but I just feel like he's playing so well right now Jonathan Grenard uh he had the big fourth down stop he had a baby so now he can just (laughs) focus on the season because he's been just playing tremendously this year and he's all dealt with injuries uh the past few years and I feel like he feels so comfortable in the system he loves playing in this defense that big fourth down yeah, stop. Um, and, and he's made some plays, but I feel like what we're seeing from Jonathan Grenard is sort of what we had expected to see in previous years. And there was one year where he was on his way to double-digit sacks, unfortunately got hurt. So I feel like uh, sky's the limit for Jonathan Wait, Grenard. I have to call career. you out on this. He had a baby, and now he can focus on the season. Now the hard part no. comes. Yeah. He had the easy part before. <laughs> no. Oh, she's pregnant. He can focus on no, everything. No, 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 no. You are misunderstanding me. When guys have when guys have ba- become fathers, yeah. I feel like something changes when they're on the field. Like oh, it's really? it's not just about them playing well. They feel like they got to play for the family. They got to uh, play okay. for the lineage. Maybe. So I, I what saw about this, sleep. I talked to <laughs> I talked to Brian Cushing about this back when Brian Cushing oh, really? had, just had a baby. Yeah, back in 2013, and he said, and Brian Cushing was already laser focused, mm-hmm. but then it just like he took it to another level because okay. he was like, I'm a dad, and I got to, and I just feel like that transformation sort of happens and guys Love he JG. was already there jg was already there but i just i'm really rooting for him in he's, the second he's climbing up the charts as one of my favorite texans ever just as a person he should already be there yeah well you know he, of course he watches they're all better. there okay <laughs> but i'm like i'm ranking them all time here on the secret vandermeer power rankings of favorite texans ever favorite texans i will well, not you know what? share that's my own, rankings that's its own award that we should do in the off season. Mark Vandermeer hands out awards for favorite Texans but, but, ever. But you know that the head coach has always ranked extremely <laughs> high. I'll tell you, you know who my favorite is, but, you know, it's a race for number two. Oh, Dre. Dre, number one. Of course he's number one. And then everybody has to duke it out for Andre number two. Andre Johnson's by far number well, then one, it has my to be favorite. D- I feel like D'Amico, well, it's going to be D'Amico and JJ D'Amico's neck and neck. At, at 
the outside top five. You know this. <laughs> it was good seeing Andre and his family there. I saw everyone was there. His mom, his yeah. daughter, his yeah. brother. It was, it was fun seeing His daughter the is yeah. future president of the United States. She's in eighth grade. She's got a disposition. She's so much fun to be around. I mean, she's really gregarious. I mean, Andre is a wonderful person to talk to. But it's not like Andre That's not is like, his personality. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's, that, he's, <laughs> she is just out there. Out I said there. that. Oh, too, hi! Right? You're the voice of the Texans. You know, she's gonna be. She's gonna do some things. She was with her his her grandmother, Andre's mom, and I said, "I hear you're coming for our jobs. Is that true?" And she kind of smiled and you know, sort of oh, yeah. nodded. But yeah, her mom, her, his Andre's mom was nodding her head like, "Yeah, she's got oh, yeah. she's got a thing or two to her." So. It was mm-hmm. so fun to see fun. the legends. I saw Kush yeah. on the sideline with all three of his boys. And I said, are these your three? And then he pointed to the baby. The baby looks, they all look like siblings. They're so adorable. I mean, I feel like I love having the I legends. Think the baby had four tackles on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so. He's going to have They should take a family there. photo with Bloody Face, you know. <laughs> Halloween, for Halloween costume. Yes. That's a great They should all costume. be Brian Cushing Bloody Face. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. One more segment. I don't know if we can beat Brian Cushing's baby with a bloody face for Halloween, but we will try. Take we're going to go around the AFC South. It's a hot mess. We'll try to sort it out for you. It's all coming up. One more segment of Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All Access. I wanted to go around the AFC South, but I'm about to subject you to more Taylor Swift talk because Mark Vandermeer insists that he has an opinion. What, do you, what, what would you possibly Listen, have an it's opinion It's Tuesday on? night, Texans All Access. When else am I going to talk about Taylor Swift? <laughs> Every day. No, what is your opinion? Uh, Texans Monday, after beating the Steelers and inducting Watt into the Ring of Honor, I'm not bringing up Lover, okay? I'm not doing that. But I will tonight, just this brief thing. When I yes. saw the game Sunday night, and she's in the box watching the Chiefs play the Jets, and then they go to a commercial. They had several commercials promoting her concert With her movie. in them, yes. And I thought... The other thing is this. I'm seeing a lot more Travis Kelsey in national commercials lately. He's doing one for Pfizer and the vaccine. He's doing Uh another one. I think he's on the State Farm commercials now with Mahomes. I'm thinking, I'm not saying they're doing it for publicity, but they know darn well that this is good for both of them, this synergy they're creating. I know she doesn't need it, DP. She doesn't need it, but I guarantee you this. There are a lot of... You know, people that aren't quite in her scope that are noticing her, and it helps everybody. It all boats rise with that tide, and whatever camera they have on the suite. Can you imagine this? NBC, they're saying, "Listen, we need one camera, Taylor cam yeah, on the suite Swift at all times. Yes, uh, on at all times. Now they could probably broadcast a channel." with just that, and people would watch it. I'm sure they would, but they can't do that, I guess. But no, they, they cut to that shot they. often. It's a lot. And you know what, Mark? Last week, it's funny that you sh- you have this opinion, because last week I remember you saying, it's so nice for Taylor Swift to just be a girlfriend. Yeah, just go to the games and be a girlfriend. I was like, now I've Mark, changed my tune. Mark, there is more you do not understand. This is, this is very methodical. A lot of things are happening here, and mm-hmm. now I love that you're seeing the PR yeah. publicity that mm-hmm. everyone's getting as, mm-hmm. as for as Taylor Swift. I think it's becoming too, I think the market is getting a bit oversaturated with Taylor Swift, Mark. I hate to say it. It's a lot. I was even over it. I kind of just wanted to watch the game, and it was just focused on it's her. too much on her. It's my too qu- much. My it's question much. is this. Now, Mark, you have gone on record multiple times over the last decade Talking about how Madonna is the greatest <laughs> no, performer, performing he's artist, trolling me now. singer, he's, and, no. and uh, lyricist Mark of all time. Mark has awful opinions about how Madonna. How close is Taylor Swift to Madonna now? 
Madonna has one of the strongest X factors of all time, meaning she's not a great singer, dancer, writer, but she's got something about her that propels her above None all of those others. actual skills, in her, though. No, in her career. Wow. No, no, no. You're about to fight, Mark. Go ahead. I, I'm serious. She <laughs> doesn't mean she's bad, DP, but she's got she the combination bad. of everything. Taylor Swift, <laughs> she though. She can't write. She can't sing. She can't dance. Taylor Swift, though has, you know, a ton of that stuff. She's amazing. Come on. She's a really good writer, but she's not like one of my favorite vocalists. What? Songwriters ever. She's not? No. You seem like such I mean, a Swifty. <laughs> I am not a Swifty. And favorite all-time female vocalist. Look, I'm a throwback. I like Carly Simon and Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell's the greatest songwriter ever, Nicks. by the way. I love Stevie Nicks. Where's Linda Ronstadt? <laughs> she doesn't really write, though, does she? She's a good singer. Drew just wanted to get me in trouble here. Drew, we're never going to finish this show. What about show the AFC this South? The AFC South. I had, I had a point to make about the AFC South. make the Colts um, blue. Let's put Mark in a bad mood. Jonathan okay. Taylor is reported to return to practice on Wednesday. I want more strife in Indy, not <laughs> the harmony. Yeah, the Colts two and two, just like the Texans, just like the Titans, just like the Jags. Um and they're going to face the Titans. They look Sunday. dangerous, man. The Colts do. They look like I know they lost last time out. In and they overtime. lost to the Rams. They in lost overtime. A lot, in overtime. Man. That game was over when I did the highlights in the yeah, second half. They came back behind Richardson. Holy cow. Richardson's numbers don't look that good, but he gets some things done. I don't know how long it can last the way he plays. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? Vince Young. The way the yeah. offense runs with him and the way he runs with the ball but still makes some really key throws and everything like that. And it reminds me of rookie Vince Young. So, look, you can do a lot of things. Vince has a winning record as a starter. I mean, he won a lot of games in this league. So we'll see how it goes for the Colts. Okay, how about the Titans? Two weeks ago, Titans looked terrible. Couldn't get anything going on offense. Now they're coming off a 27-3 to win against the Bengals in week four. So what do we think about the Titans? The, I'm not really sure what to make of them yet. Really good defense. If Derrick Henry's running the ball well, which he did against the Bengals, Tannehill's good enough. He still threw a pick anyway. But if Derrick Henry <laughs> is slowed down or it's hard to shut him down, but you slow him down enough, I don't think Tannehill's good enough to win games against good teams. But when I look around the league, I'm not seeing a lot of great teams. There are about five, six good, really good teams. And then you have this mishmash going on where everybody's trying to find themselves, and we don't really know how it's all going to end up. So I think, I think the Titans, Colts, Texans, Jags, you know, you're all two and two right now. Maybe the division's up for grabs here. It's only four games in. You know, talk to us in, we're going to talk every week anyway, but in four or five <laughs> weeks, we'll get a much better picture of how it's really going to go down. And then still, you could go on a second half run like the Jags did last year and make some impressive things happen. I'm still cloudiest on the Titans. I, I, don't know what to make of them mm -hmm. all the way. I know they're two and two, but I just can't trust what that they're going to keep doing this right. and do this consistently. I think the difference between them and the other three teams, the other three teams have quarterback upside, even Lawrence still, right? Sure, if he sure. performs course, consistently well. Uh, Richardson upside, obviously C.J. Stroud is continuing to go up. You know who the Titans quarterback is and what he can do. That's why you need Henry to produce or the ground game in general. Yeah. Because it's probably not going to happen with just Tannehill. And I hate to say that. The guy's won a lot of games, too. But it's a balanced effort in Tennessee. What do you think of the Jags? I felt like before the season started, we heard 11 wins. Going to be the run runaway AFC South champions. And now the Jags, I mean, yeah, they... You know, they beat the Falcons. Now they're going to stay in London. They're going to face the Bills. That's a but, tough one. But, uh, you know, it's 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 not an easy schedule for them. They've got 
Okay, so they've got the Bills. They've got three more games, including New Orleans and Pittsburgh. And then they have a week nine bye. Yeah. Like, what are the Jags going to do, do here in the second quarter? And who is their NFC West team? Maybe the 49ers? Yeah, it is. They have Ooh. those first place teams, right? Ooh. So they played the Chiefs already, lost to them. They're going to play the Bills and we'll see what happens in London. They're going to play the 49ers. That's a tougher schedule because they won the division, so we'll see how that plays out for them. Look, I still think they have a lot of talent. They bounced back really well after losing to the Texans. I think it's funny that the, everyone thought that the AFC North would be just the division that was going to be the toughest, and I feel like the AFC South is people are pleasantly surprised that everyone's it's two early. and two. And NFC South, look, I mean, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing better than you thought, and Falcons started out well. It changes week to week. Like I said, it's a mishmash with a lot of teams, and we'll see where it goes. All right, we'll see where it goes, and we'll see where Texans matchup goes because mm -hmm. John Harris always has fun, win or loss, but I'm sure he's been having a lot of fun the last two weeks as he puts together the best of Texans matchup. That's coming up next. That's going to do it for Texans All Access. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Texans.